Welcome to the Kids Ministry and Leadership Podcast. My name's Andy, and today I want to talk about transformative thinking. Uh, thinking is uh, such an interesting topic and so important when it comes to uh, life, leadership in all areas. As a man thinks he's in his heart, so is he. Uh, so much of the Bible talks about uh, our thinking and really having a transformative thinking um, is what I want to focus on today, making sure our thinking is not stagnant, making sure we're not stuck in our ways or just living out of our subconscious because we are just shaped in a certain way through our history, our past experiences, um, our hurts, our traumas, and then we start to live out of this. So not just our mind thinking, but what I'm talking about is that thinking heart, those subconscious patterns that are inside of us and what motivates and drives us. I guess where I want to start is that a mere nod of the head may give the comprehension, uh, you know, the illusion of comprehension. You know, the mm -hmm, people sit and nod, but it, it doesn't go deeper. It's it, it, Have you ever had that conversation with someone where you're speaking, they're nodding, but you're knowing it's they're not listening. It's not going in. They're not thinking about what's being said or it's not being consumed. This is really what I'm talking about here. You see, our mental processes operate in a fascinating 80% subconscious and 20% conscious. Uh, while this intricate dance between the conscious and subconscious realms shapes our thoughts, it's the 80% submerged beneath the surface that guides our words and our actions. I think that's where that scripture, uh, out of the abundance of our heart, the mouth speaks, comes from. It's it's out of the heart that the below the 80% subconscious is what comes out in our mind. And really the symphony of communication and hearing merely um, just marks our presence while listening is a melody that we strive to compose. Uh, remarkably, we all uh, need to be exposed in, in some way to, to words, but it's the saturation, that taking it in, that makes sense. You see, we act in accordance with what resonates with our internal dialogue. Jesus very rarely was in trouble for what he said, but more so he found himself in trouble because of the way that it was interpreted by the people that were listening. Now, what he was saying was the truth. What he was saying was accurate, but people's hearts were, were getting so challenged or upset by what he was saying. And that was where a lot of this conflict as we read the text, the Pharisees, the different people opposing what was firmly fixed in their heart in this religious sense was being challenged by this new way and this new way of thinking, this this new gospel message that was coming. And, and, and this is where you see this tension as we read through uh, the gospels. Um, I've mentioned it before. Proverbs says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. In his heart, this word heart is a Hebrew word which is lavav, and lavav translated means the seed of thought or where your thoughts originate from. It means your intention. So that's sort of when we say, hey, that guy's got a good heart, so their intention. It also means the feeling. So it's, it's where your emotions originate from. It's your inclination or your disposition. It's your inner self. So when we say out of the abundance of our heart, the mouth speaks, this is saying that out of this heart, out of this lavav, out of this seed of thought, emotions, uh, subconscious, intention, this is what's coming out of our mouth. But the big question is what's shaping 
and transforming that lavav, that heart. You see, unless we surrender our seed of thought, where the thoughts come from, unless we surrender our intention, our motives, unless we surrender our emotions, our feelings, our inclination, our disposition, our inner self over to God and let him transform this, then that 80% that I've spoken about of subconscious that's driving our words that are coming out uh, are, are going to be um, misplaced. They're going to be perverted. They're going to be not what God's intention for our life happens to be. And that's why we need to hand it over to God to transform. One of the big stories um, out of the Bible that helps uh, illustrate this is the story of the uh, the spies who go out to see uh, the land and Moses sends them out to, to, to spy on the land and 12 of them come back and 10 of them are like, we are like grasshoppers in our own mind. <laughs> this is an interesting thought right here because they were not grasshoppers, clearly. They were not even told that they were grasshoppers. But their self-talk, their dialogue, their internal self, this is amazing that this is collectively, then the group mentality form the same opinion. 10 out of 12 are sitting there going, we are like grasshoppers in our own mind. We are too small. We can't do this. And only two were saying, no, we can take the promised land. You see, what was happening was audibly they were processing about 300 words a minute. They would have been talking and looking at what was going on. And we do this in our circumstances and we do this in life. We audibly talk about 300 words or we process 300 words a minute as we're sitting there. We engage in self-talk though at the same time at a rapid rate of 1,200 words per minute Then there's this formidable force of the subconscious mind that's absorbing a staggering one million words a minute. Except what I'm saying there is it's laced with feelings, emotions. And as emotions and feelings come in and out of our body in a 90-second grab, we're grabbing onto the emotion and the feeling that's coupled with the words that's then laced with what's in our past. And this then starts to drive how we speak and how we live. Well, this is this is challenging. This is this is a big thought right here because if this is what's driving us as leaders, what are we doing to be transformed in our thinking, transformed in our mind so that we're not being run on autopilot? Jesus the master communicator as I said faced opposition not from what he directly spoke but it was from interpretations woven around those other people's feelings and emotions. In a recent One Hope study named Global Youth Culture, a compelling revelation emerged that teens who engaged with the Bible just once a week witnessed a remarkable decrease in anxiety, depression, and confusion around identity. This underscores the profound impact of the Word of God on the well-being for us as individuals. Within the framework of biblical worldview, Christian leaders are bestowed with a distinctive opportunity to shape the subconscious minds of those under their guidance. That's our job. That's our role. This is why the Bible says if you want to teach the Word, you will be judged or you will be held to a higher account. Is because what we're doing as we're teaching the Word of God is we are, in effect, transforming the minds and the subconscious and layering the emotions and all of what is in, which, as Hebrews says there, the heart, the lavav. 
And it's our job to shape the heart, but how we do that is so important. And seeing that study that even just the word of God read once by a teenager radically shifts these areas, what could come about with a lifetime of devotion to his word, to relationship with him and prayer? And so it goes beyond just the words spoken when in, in the transformative potential in God's truth. The psalmist declares, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And, and it really is showing that this is a guiding uh, light in order to illuminate the path for us to live out. And so in the words of St. Augustine, thou has made for thyself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they find restless in thee. I love this because it is our heart is constantly, our love is constantly, our thoughts are constantly, our emotions are constantly, constantly what? Constantly wrestling with what we are taking on. And we need that to be the word of God to shape who we are. And so as our emotions, uh, as our heart, as our uh, our, our our whole internal dialogue and thinking is shaped by the word of God. This is what positions us to outwardly live in a way that helps to shape leaders and people around us. And so this is so important when it comes to um, transformative um, thinking in what we're doing. Now, let me just zero down and go into some practical elements right now as to what we can do in order to build out transformative thinking. Hey, sorry to butt in, but I wanted to tell you something really exciting, which is happening in Australia this year. It is Kid Shaper Conference, June 26th to the 28th on the Gold Coast. And I'd love to have you there. We have Terry Parkman as well as Beth Cunningham coming to speak. And more than that, it's just a place where kids, pastors and leaders can gather in community. I'm so glad the conference is back. You can go to our website, acckids.org.au and find all the information. Now, let's get back to the podcast. So the two things that I really want to focus on to help us see this in a practical way stems back to, again, uh, God, but it's the way that we think in the way that we see things. So I'm going to name the two of them now. The number one is who he is, but the second is who we are. These two simple thoughts of who he is and who we are, it shapes and and helps us to frame our thinking and bring us back for this transformation to take place in that heart constantly. Who he is is so important. We need to know how to clarify and define who God is in our own life so that when then we can show who he is to other people. We need to know who God is for us so that we can show who he is to others. Now, I think at the in the Bible where Jesus sends out 72 people and he sends 72 after sending out the 12 and in Luke 10, chapter 1 to 12, he appoints 72 leaders to go out and he says the, for them to take nothing with them. And this has always troubled me, always plagued me in my thinking is, okay, you're sending these guys out on mission to transform a world because of they have first been transformed themselves, but take nothing. Surely they have to take something. Now, Take nothing was probably in the practical sense, but what they did take was 
their message. They took their own testimony. They took their own story. And really for us, in order to be a great leader and to lead others in a transformed way is first to understand who he is. These 72 people who were sent out to pray for the sick, to transform communities, they would have had to have do that only for the sake that they first knew who Jesus was, who Jesus was to them. And they had witnessed, they had experienced, but their life had been transformed. A lot of people say that I'm not called to evangelism or that's not my gift, but Jesus didn't make it gift exclusive. He just said, go into the world and uh, share the gospel. Go into the world, make disciples. Go into the world, show my love. Go into the world and be you with your testimony and your story of what I've transformed into your life, and that's enough. Often we have this picture of evangelism where we need to be standing on a street corner and preaching. Ironically, when I first became a Christian at age the ripe old age of 15, um, I, w- I went into uh, the city that I live on, on the Gold Coast, is Surface Paradise. It's right along the beach. It's where all of the nightclubs are, the nightlife, restaurants. But when it gets past 10 o'clock, this is where everyone will go and there's all of these uh, nightclubs. And there I am as 15, standing with all these guys and we're street preaching. And they're like, you got to get up and you've got to preach. So maybe I had you know, grown up a little bit. Maybe the the years uh, may have been a, a few more on. I could have been the ripe old age of 16 or maybe 17 at this stage. But I did know that I certainly wasn't 18 in Australia. It's 18 is the legal age to go into a nightclub and to drink alcohol. I was not even old enough to go into the nightclubs. And there I am standing at the top of my voice, street preaching and telling everyone about Jesus and how they needed to turn from hell and turn to him. Now, I can't say that it was a hugely successful um, evangelism uh, period of time in my life. But what I can tell you this was that the heart there to share the gospel was there, but the method was not there. What I have found over years of uh, living as a Christian now for years after that was that my life, my story, my testimony, sharing who I am and living it with people has been a lot more successful than standing screaming in the middle of uh, the street. But the truth was, um, back then, I didn't know who he was. I didn't even have a clear understanding of what had been transformed in my life. I was such a new Christian. I'd accepted Christ at, at, at the at the cold face of, well, I, I became aware that I was a sinner. I needed change and I need my life to be transformed. I, I put my trust in him and I'm wrestling through. But I didn't quite know who he is. And, and I don't think I'll ever reach this point where, oh, I got it now. I think that we're always, it's evolving. But as you get this deeper and un, a clearer understanding of who he is, it helps us to articulate that. James 1 verse 23 to 24 says, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Um, Our job is to teach people to, to see themselves in the reflection of this mirror, but not seeing themselves in the reflection, but seeing Christ as the reflection. This picture that's been written here in the book of James is talking about looking into the perfect law or looking into Christ. And rather than seeing the reflection of ourself, 
we see the reflection of Christ. And as we see the reflection of Christ, we're able to see the shortcomings in ourselves. And we're able to change and ask God and we can repent and ask God for, for change and a renewed heart. And, and so the, this is this moment I'm talking about where all of this subconscious mind, all of this that's built up, all of this history as we look into the perfect law and see Christ in this mirror, what we do is we start to see our shortcomings. We start to see the areas that, that are not yet being transformed and we hand these over to him. And as we are aligned and transformed in him, then we start to uh, live out a transformed life. John Stott said it this way. He said, we must allow the word of God to confront us, to disturb our security, to undermine our complacency, and to overthrow our patterns of thought and behavior. The word of God must disrupt us so much that as we're reading it, as we're looking at this perfect image of Christ, it's disturbing the very nature and patterns of behavior that we are living out of to the point that they are being sanctified in Christ so that when we come time to interact, to lead, to love others around us, what they're receiving is actually Christ, not us. And that is the picture of us as Christians. And once we know who uh, he is, then that's the only time we're able to understand who we are. In John 1.12, it says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. In Colossians 2, verse 9 to 10, it says in the middle part there, Christ, you have been brought to fullness. In Romans 6, verse 6, it says, For we know that our old self will be crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. 1 Corinthians talks about now you are the body of Christ. 1 Peter talks about being chosen people, a priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. As we start to read the word of God, it's transforming who we are. We're starting to see ourselves as children of God, that we've been bought, that we have been set free, that we are being sanctified. And all of this is not just a whole lot of Christian words that we go, oh, cool, I get all of this. It's to be consumed. It's been to, to, to wrestle with, as John Stott said, to disrupt us, to change the patterns of behavior. So therefore, if I am a child of God, I'm not going to live out of a pattern of behavior of rejection because I'm accepted by him. If I'm a part of the body of Christ, I'm now no longer going to live a single and selfish singular life. What I'm going to do is live in communion and be knit together as the body, as living stones coming together. You see, when you constantly define who you are, it helps you speak out and define and bring clarity to who others are. And so the more that I define who I am, the more I'm able to speak, and it starts to help other people go, well, hold on a minute, maybe I need to look at who I am and what I am. And as we draw them not to ourselves, but to Christ, they then in turn are able to be transformed. Our job is to be transformed 
by the nature of Christ so that others can be transformed around us. I think that as we look at this leadership podcast, so often we can get really practical. And I do often in the podcast get practical around leadership elements of how to do and what to do. But today, the shape of this is this transformative thinking is 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 shaping who we are because out of the very essence of who we are, that's what shapes the way that we love and we lead those around us. And so when you know who is in you, then sharing it becomes normal. This transformative thinking is so critical for us as leaders. And my encouragement and my, uh, my urging uh, really is for all of us as leaders is to be transformed in our thinking, to become more like Christ. And so that in all that we do, whether we're leading in a church function within a secular space, wherever it might be, that we're able to bring our testimony, like the 72, to bring that to shape conversations around who he is. Well, that's my thoughts today around the Kids Ministry and Leadership Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed those thoughts, been challenged a little bit. There's going to be notes that you can go to to find some of those scriptures and even some of those quotes and thoughts from today's episode. Um, it'd be great if you could share uh, the podcast with team members around you, friends, anyone that you think may help, especially in this kids ministry world. Thanks again for joining me on the podcast. I look forward to having you with me next month. This is a Poly Studios production.